From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Ernson. This is your news for Wednesday, June 14th. Today we're going underwater and back in time. We're going to wade into the history of the ancient sea that ebbed and flowed over Moab for hundreds of millions of years. Right now, I'm at the Moab Giants Museum. I'm about to step into the 5D virtual aquarium where I'll meet some of the creatures that used to live in the Western Interior Seaway, an ocean that used to split North America down the middle. What do you expect we're going to see in there? Uh, some dinosaurs, maybe? Some water dinosaurs, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some aquatic dinosaurs. Can you believe that this place used to be underwater? I can, sort of. That ancient sea had lots of stuff in it. This is Dennis Sweeney, the aquarium tour guide. Huge uh, reptiles, plesiosaurs. Imagine a long-necked brontosaurus, but aquatic. Mosasaurs. Looks kind of like a whale mixed with a crocodile. Sharks. Sharks haven't really changed. They've just gotten smaller. There's one paleontologist did a study about the sea, and uh, the Rocky Mountains were sticking up out of the sea. They were sort of islands, and pterodactyls used to nest over there and then uh, go and uh, grab fish out of the inland sea. In fact, they found a pterodactyl skeleton and the neck of the skeleton was a shark tooth. The Western Interior Seaway was massive. It was 600 miles wide and extended from what is now the Arctic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico. Utah was at the western edge of that ancient sea for most of its existence. A couple years ago, a man from Weber County found a fossil of an ichthyosaur while he was boating in Flaming Gorge. I got to see a live one in the aquarium. Lived in late Triassic, worldwide. Found first in Nevada. Slow swimmer, 50 feet long, weighed 30 tons, ate squid, fish, and ammonites. Could you describe this animal to me? Well, uh, ichthyosaurs were very large, and this is a good example of how reptiles had done a U-turn evolutionary-wise because these were originally land animals. You start to see marine reptiles just as the dinosaurs are taking over the land, and so some reptiles decided it's better for their health to be in the water than on the land and also there was a big source of food there and you kind of see this happening again with uh, the Galapagos iguanas. They were land animals and now they uh, dine off of a little seaweed and algae and like that. They kind of look like dolphins with really long snouts. Paleontologists think they traveled around the ocean in schools and they fed themselves by swimming along with their mouths open, eating up whatever came their way. What kind of marine fossils can people find in Moab? As you travel down 191, just before you get to Arches National Park, on the right there, there's a road cut and there's kind of gray rock and that's full of ancient corals. This region is a special place to find all kinds of marine fossils. That's thanks to the tectonic plates that pushed up what is now the Colorado Plateau. A lot of states have very much similar deposits in them, but they're thousands of feet underground. 
Okay, so we got coral. I know we have ammonites and clams. Are there any like sharks or whales or turtles? Uh, well, the whales were not around back then, but... But we did have sharks. Shark fossils don't really exist because most of their body is cartilage, which doesn't last long enough to fossilize. But you can find shark teeth in Utah. Our tour ended with a view of a huge kind of ancient shark, the megalodon. To learn more about ancient sea life in this area, you can check out the virtual aquarium at the Moab Giants Museum. Anti-BDS laws have proliferated across the United States in recent years. These state laws restrict private businesses from boycotting Israel, as well as a variety of other issues, so long as that business wants to contract with the state. KRCL's radioactive host, Lara Jones, spoke with Utah State Representative Brian King about the film Boycott, which discusses the impacts of these types of laws and how they may infringe on First Amendment rights. We have something called SB 97 that passed two years ago, but was updated in this last legislative session, I believe, Representative King. So what now are folks who contract with the state no longer allowed to boycott? So folks that are contracting or seeking to contract with the state cannot Boycott. We, two years ago, we passed, I can't remember the name of the number of the bill, but it was the anti BDS. It was a, a restrictions on contracting with the state if you were going to boycott Israel. This year. Uh, As a free enterprise, free market, free enterprise mm-hmm. entity. You can Capitalism. Do this. Yes, Capitalism. You, well, yeah, but only if you agree with us. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So this year, SB 97 expanded this restriction on who can contract with the state of Utah to require that you uh, can't boycott, engage in boycott activities with a number of different uh, manufacturers of various things like fossil fuel-based energy, timber, mining, agriculture. If you boycott any of those things, you can't contract with the state of Utah. If you uh, engage in or facilitate uh, the support of the manufacturer, distribution, sale, or uh, use of firearms, you can't boycott those things. And if you do, you can't get a state contract. Another one was environmental standards, things like dealing uh, with climate change. The environmental social governance thing that's popped up as a buzzword. Was it our state auditor who was was part and parcel of all this? Yes, he was very concerned about that and and, Mm -hmm. and said, you know, this is a coercive mechanism that the Standard and Poor's and some of the credit rating agencies have said, we're going to take these things into account in rating the credit worthiness of certain companies and businesses is these ESG standards, environmental, social, and governmental, or governance, rather, issues. Well, that sounds like interfering in the free market. It is interfering oh, absolutely. with the 100%. free market, I think. And, uh, you know, we're expanding this idea, the interference that we engage in at the legislature by saying we're not going to allow individuals or companies to uh, engage in certain boycott behaviors, whether it's Israel or whether it's non-renewable resources or whether it's uh, gun manufacturers or environmental issues or abortion is in there along with trans uh, mm-hmm. procedures, surgical procedures. If you come down on the wrong side of any of those issues, according to the Utah State Legislature, you can't contract. Yeah, well, here's the problem. W- when we start having the state of Utah as a government saying to individuals and entities, here's what you can do and here's what you can't do if you want to do business with us. Here's what you can say. Here's what you, here's what political position you can take. And if you don't take come down on the right side of those political positions, you can't contract with the state of Utah. That's a very, that's the essence of interfering with the market. Absolutely. What do you think? I, well, 
how how many people are actually aware? Because I like to think I'm fairly politically savvy because mm-hmm. of this radio show. And I had no. I'm watching the trailer, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that over Clutch here. Yeah, and now I'm oh, totally. Like, no, I, I it, it's kind of complex, but. But the answer to your question is, I don't think many people are aware of it. It got a little bit of publicity. It got a little bit of press coverage. But what I'm hoping, I, I personally feel that these these bills are really uh, susceptible to being challenged as anti as unconstitutional, mm-hmm. quite honestly. It's infringing on individuals and entities, 100%. free speech, uh, their freedom of religion even. And so I look at that and I think, why doesn't somebody step up and sue? And you heard it in the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah. They said, well, you know, we'll see in court. So, okay, let's yeah. see what the judges, judges have to say it, about this. It, I, I'm mindful that Salt Lake City requires its contractees or, or gives deference to those who pay a living wage. I not don't have the specifics off the top of my head, but I remember that. Incentivizing is one thing. Prohibiting limiting is another. And it sounds like this bill, which is SB 97 from the 2023 general session of the Utah legislature, goes just a bit too far in well, saying that, what a free yeah. market private company can, can and do. cannot do. That's right. No, these are nuances. These are shades of gray. And that's one of the other reasons that you haven't heard a lot about it is that it's really not as black and white as are we going to restrict abortion to the point that you know you can't for all practical purposes get an abortion in the state of utah or you know those get are high profile because right. people mm-hmm. understand them and they go yeah, yeah. oh okay i get what's going on and i either like it a lot or i don't like it at all this you have to really think it through a little bit it's nuanced it's a little more complex that was lara jones of krcl last weekend's pride festival in glenwood springs colorado was bustling with families locals pets and even a few drag performers Haddison Rensbury of Rocky Mountain Community Radio stopped by the event and asked two people what made Glenwood's Pride special. Marky Rodriguez, pronouns are they them. This is super small scale and like I came to hype it up because I want it to be in the Western Slope, like in the Valley Heart. I want to bring Denver Pride here. Shay Shimovitz, pronouns are also they them. This was significantly more hype. Like the energy was through the roof. I feel like back in Michigan, being queer is pretty accepted. So being out here to have this community of like, all right, we're gonna come together is way different than what I experienced back in Ferndale. What else do you want in your queer community? Positivity, we want a community in general. I feel like Glenwood in the Valley in general is just like really lacking the queer community and the queer pride. I know that they pushed really hard with Glenwood to put this on and so I'm super grateful to whoever did it and hope that we can do more. And hopefully a pride parade next year, like that'd be dope. Do you feel like this was a step in that direction? Or is there a way you want to move forward? No, 100%. Yeah. Like, this is the first step, baby steps. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say about this pride or just the pride experience in general? If there's if there's a non-binary person out there who's thinking about coming to pride but may not have this year, what would you tell them? Do it. Like, yeah. you're going to find your community. You're going to not even feel out of place at all. Like, be exactly who you want to be and go. This is a beautiful place to be able to express yourself and feel welcome and, uh, not feel like you're going to be turned away. Like you come in here and it's just like a big old club. That was Haddison Rensbury with Rocky Mountain Community Radio. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, June 14th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.